turn the other cheek, agree with thine adversary. Those are words you'd hear in a Sunday sermon, but do they apply to life? How do they apply to business? The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love, but our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Good morning. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. It is an early Tuesday morning and it snowed here and it's beautiful and I'm energized. I know some people hate the snow, but it is literally my favorite time of the year. That first snowfall is my favorite. If actually today, if you, if you catch me on social media, I will probably do a video of me running around barefoot in the snow. It's, it's, a, it's a tradition I've had ever since I was, I don't know how long I can remember. And just that first snowfall, just running around bare feet. And that's how excited I am about snow. Like, <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. Anyway, for Jedi mind tricks today, I love this. It's so fun. They're like these little psycho, psychological or like tactical tricks we can use to help be more effective and productive in life. The first memory of this, well, the really the first big impactful time I figured out this Jedi mind trick was my first job out of college. I had just graduated and my, li- my wife and I flew out to live in New York City, living in one of the most expensive cities in the world on $42,000. And I, we lived in Brooklyn, New York, and I would take an hour and a half subway ride to Manhattan, Midtown. And my job was to write this textbook online of ancient Korean history. And I remember for me, again, new, I'm sure you had this experience, a new kid out of college, all these ideas fired up and wanted to, wanted to change the world, right? But my boss was, this, was o- this older Korean lady, and she had this passion for ancient Korean history. And she wanted to help spread that joy and passion to the educators of America. And... My, my take on that was, well, I, I understand there's these obscure ancient Korean histories that are important, that have great lessons to learn, that, are, that we need to remember, but no one in America flipping cares. <laughs> like, all they care about is like maybe the Korean War. So if we did, if we wanted to get more, if we wanted to really make an impact on the, like the people, like educators in America, especially K through 12, that's what we're trying to make an impact on. Then why don't we do something that they're actually going to teach? They're not going to talk about Korean history in the 1500s, no matter how cool the stories are, we can pull from them, right? Turns out I was right. And that, like the only traction we got from our website was like college students in program, in East Asian study programs that were looking for hyper-specific information for the Jolson dynasty. Anyway, uh, we would clash on lots of things. Uh, again, pr- probably because there's a generational difference, but because my, my focus was, well, how do we get traction? How do we spread the message? How do we actually just get results from people viewing this? What's going to help? What's going to get results, right? What's going to get views? What's going to, ha- what, what are people actually going to use in the classroom? And her, her literal passion was, this is a time period I'm passionate about. And for that reason alone, we need to publish it. And it drove me nuts. <laughs> and we would just have these different 
for the first six months, she would, she would say, well, we need to work on this timeline. The timeline is the most important thing. And so when I got there, I was like, okay, timeline is the most important thing. I, I, she's my boss, whatever. I, I think these other things are more important, but she says it's the most important thing. So I'll just get it done. And I was grumpy about it. And so I go to work on the timeline and there had been two to three other researchers before me. There, there had been three others for two years. So they'd gone through three researchers in two years. And I go, okay, well, I wonder what they've been doing for three years or two years, three people in two years. And there were some, like they had had like master's degrees and this stuff, you know? So I pull up like their portfolio and I go to the timeline they've been working on for two years. And this is another uh, reality check for me in the, in the, in the nonprofit world. And I go in there and I, there's a timeline and it's got probably like 50, 60 events in it over a, you know, 300 year timeline, 400 year timeline, maybe longer. I don't remember specifically. And I started reading them. I was like, okay, this is good. And I was like, this sounds really familiar. And I go, we had a little library there, a little Korean history library there. So I go and pull a couple books and literally they took the timeline from that book and copied it word for word. And so <laughs> I was like, what are you like, are you kidding me? Like, and this was one of the reasons that motivated me to go to sales is because like I got paid less because I had a bachelor's degree and those kids had a master's degree. I got paid less than they did. And literally all that happened for two years is they would help these, these researchers, quote unquote, would help with some events we had at the nonprofit. We they hosted like different lectures and talks and, and, and workshops. So they, they would, that was, that was part of their job, right? But that would only take like two hours a day. And then you have one evening a week that was, was three or four hours long of prep, you know? So you have like a 20 hour a week job part-time doing these events. And then the other 40 hours a week or the other 20 hours a week, whatever it was, you're supposed to fill it with research and literally three people, <laughs> all they did, the, the full sum total of their work was right now it's timeline. And I was, I was like, man, and I, I, I guarantee you it was because the same dang thing. They thought this is the dumbest thing I'm working on. No one's going to do anything about this. And so they weren't motivated to work on it because the boss was right. And she had this idea that she was passionate about and she had no reason she was passionate about it. Although other than that's what she liked. And that was the only reason she would give it. And so that's just another lesson on productivity. But at the same time, I wanted to get something done. I wanted to be effect effective, right? Cause that's just like, that's me. I have to, I can't just like sit back and be lazy and not do anything and, and, and take a paycheck. And that, again, that's why I got out of that nonprofit world is because that's how a lot of people are. They just get, or any, in a, in a normal workforce salary world, they're just there to collect a paycheck and do the very minimal amount of work to not get fired, which is piss poor and not do anything. But I have this problem with every, every submission I gave to the, my boss, she just should shut down. It's like, girl, you know, what do I need to do? So one day I thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to agree with everything she says everything, even though it rankles me, I'm going to agree with everything she says. And so she would say something like, we need to do this. And instead of like, I just it, like I, to this day, I feel like I want to throw up, but I would just hold those urges to fight back down. And I'd be like, that's great boss. You know, we, we call her something else. I'm not going to name her name here. Uh, and she'd say, she kind of paused because she was like, wait for me to fight for it. I'm like, no, I, I think that's actually a pretty good idea. I'll, I'll do it. And then I would just go do it. And the fu a funny thing happened. This is a very funny thing happened. I did that for two or three months. 
And then all of a sudden, she like well actually okay I I I want to I was about to make myself look really good, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell the raw truth. <laughs> I just went behind her back and totally redid the website. <laughs> I oh man. She she wanted to do certain things, and for two or three months, I bit my tongue and just did those two or three things. And then after a while, she just stopped asking to supervise stuff and just let me run at the project. And I just ran with it. And I did all the, the, the I had interview professors, I do videos, I would write essays, I would write you know these lesson plans. And after five months. Well, after six months, then two months of bite my tongue. And after literally like three months of work, we had the website done. We had the website done. And uh, there was that was supposed to have done years ago with all these other people that had master's degrees that had not done anything. And I was kind of worried. I was like, crap, I did all this stuff without getting approval for, for her from her. I wonder if she's just going to shut it down. And she didn't. She loved all of it. <laughs> And I was like, what? This is so weird. Like when I, I said the exact same things, I told these exact same articles, the exact same stories to you and you shut them down. And then I agree with you for a couple months and do the thing I was going to do anyway. The articles, the stories, the research, the interviews, and you like them. What the heck is wrong with you? And I, I didn't understand this Jedi mind trick, but it worked without me knowing it. So here's the Jedi mind trick. And if you're in sales, you know this. If you watch Grant Cardone, he is an expert at this. He does this so naturally. It is sick. <laughs> you agree with your adversary. You agree, you agree. Everything they say, you just nod your head and agree. Yes. Yep. And if you don't agree, it's like, then you just reiterate what they said. So make sure they feel understood. There's this, this is the Jedi mind trick. If your counterpart feels understood that satisfies a need enough that they will also agree with you. Okay. So if you're in sales or business, this has amazing capabilities. If you're just looking for some relationship help in whatever you do, just agree with empathize and empathize with the person. And then nine times out of 10, you can go a totally different direction and they'll actually agree with you the same way. Like most people just want to be understood. That's all they care about. They don't honestly, they don't really care about getting their way most of the time. They just care about being loved and understood. And once that once that need is satisfied, they're like, oh, I'll, go, I'll do it that way. Yeah, I'll do it your way. You're like, uh, uh, you will? It sounded really uh, stubborn about not doing my way, but you, you will do it my way? They're like, yeah, I'll do it your way. And that's what happened in, in my in that early internship, that early like research position. And it was crazy. And now I do it all the time. Now, sometimes I make a mistake, especially with my wife. I could do way better at this, right? In, in my personal relationship with my wife, I could agree with her and then move on. Um, but try it out. When, when you have this dying urge to want to counter-argue counter someone, and I do it all the time. I'm not perfect at it. You, you know, Just hold it in, hold it in, and just agree with the person. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then listen, and then once it's all out, once it's all out of their off their chest, they're like, "Cool, let's go ahead and move forward." Then, and those be like, "Okay, <laughs> you know, move forward with my proposal." And they're like, "Yeah, that's okay." It's it's weird how it works, you know. And if if someone's being really stubborn, 
after a couple times you try that and just listen to what they say and then rephrase what they say in, in different words and just say, is that what you were saying or did I get something wrong? And if you got something wrong and they didn't feel understood, they'll, they'll help. Like it's, it's someone's inner desire to want to feel understood. They'll do it because they have this, it's a, an urge. It's an itch you have to scratch to be felt and understood. And they'll help you feel understood. And then just say, well, how do you propose we do my idea then? How do you propose we do this? Like literally use those words. How do, how do you propose that we do this? Because what that says is, I understand and recognize the realities you're looking at, but I have these realities to look at. How would you solve that problem, my problem? And because you reciprocated and you understood their problem, nine times out of 10, not all the time, but nine times out of 10, they'll, they'll, they will just, their mind will make this switch from solving their own problem to your problem, and they will solve your problem for you. And if you're in sales and your problem's trying to get them to buy, they will solve that problem for you. They will sell themselves. Like, you know, for example, if the objection's like, I don't want your product, your, buy your product because I, I don't have enough money right now. Like, oh, so what you're telling me is you just can't afford it. And they're like, yeah, I can't afford it. Like, well, how do you propose you get the product then? And they'll like, literally you'll see their mind start turning and they'll be like, well, is there financing available? Like, yeah, there is financing available. Would you want to look to see if you qualify for that? And they'd be like, yes, I would. It's the coolest thing. So try it out, agree, empathize, and then help them let help let them solve their problem. So let them solve your problem for you. Okay. Try it out. Jedi mind trick. Fire away.